Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. Very real conversation that I had with my wife, and this is no lie. We were talking about you, not not like mm. you came up because we we were talking about death, and we were actually having this conversation about people on on social media like fetishizing their 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 relatives and stuff like that for far too long after they're dead. Uh, but anyway, uh, she she brought it up, and she's just like, "You do realize we're gonna have to bury Jay if he outlives Julie?" And I was like, "Oh fuck, you're right. <laughs> I never thought about that." Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. He tried to match my energy for once. Eh, like a, little like a little bit. <laughs> I, I added a little. I, I mean, with that kind of extra. intro, come on. I, I added a little extra to the to little, the little super, super. Like, like, little super, super. I feel movie like you added Dave. like a little TikTok to it or something. I don't know. A little, little pizzazz. Little. I don't know. It, it's like that <laughs> meme where the guys like sprinkling salt on. He's just. Uh, I'll just put a little extra yeah. on it. Just put a little extra. <laughs> salt yeah, bay, like a, a little salt bay on it. Ugh. Yeah, just a little, just a little extra. Mm, 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 mm. Anyway, <laughs> so you may have noticed last week that I uh, played a stinger in front of our episode, one that has not been heard in a long time. I accidentally left uh, the Podfix stinger. In, in You're doing intro. it already. You know that. I know. I know. <laughs> it's been so long since I since I've done something like that. Uh, but it happens. It happens uh, because for some reason, like you'd think, I would just go into the the master file and just permanently cut that out and then save it, so I never have to cut it out again. You wouldn't be. You'd be surprised at how many shortcuts to editing I don't take. Like every time I I do our our trailer park intro, that song is like twice the length that that actually plays for trailer parks the uh, the Thomas the Anucci song. But there's like there's a, there's a portion that I cut out in there, and you'd think I would do the same thing, cut that portion out, save that as the master file, so I don't have to do that. Nope. Every single time we do trailer park, I am re-editing that song every time. Why am I the way I am? Why am I so resistant to doing things that will help me? <laughs> I am my we own will never worst know. enemy. Well, I know. This is true. I know. So editing snafus will happen. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I did get I did get a message from Chris Braden where he's just like, which it's his voice in the Podfix stinger. He goes, did I catch a Podfix <laughs> in your intro? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you better get that out because the Podfixers are going to come for you. And I was like, let them come. I fucking started Podfix. Let them come. Well, this <laughs> I'm is their true. fucking grand. I'm their grandpappy. Wow, well, so. they're, the, they're patriarch. <laughs> yeah. uh, they want to come at me. I will burn everything they have to the fucking ground. And you do realize you're already doing it again now. Yeah, I know. So you're I'm gonna have to like edit this out now I, too. I'm not editing <laughs> this out. I don't care. 
Age of Radio. If they if they have a problem with it, maybe I'll edit it out. It depends. They have to ask nicely. If they don't, if if, if they if they tell me that I that I I have yeah. to take, we're gonna it out. sell out and go to Spotify. Yeah, if they tell me I have to, <laughs> if I have to take it out, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna be like a petulant child. I'm gonna put my feet in the sand. I'm gonna be like, absolutely fucking not. You can fucking fire me, bro. I will die on the hill of my artistic integrity. <laughs> As if well, we already is. established that. Like, we can't, uh, we, we can't even go YouTube. <laughs> We're so fucking NC seventeen. It's disgusting. So, well, that's the thing. Like, uh, duty, duty does YouTube. He does his his video. He does his uh, video game reviews, and he curses. He says "cunt" all the fucking time because he's Australian. I think. I, I, I think that that's like PG thirteen. Yeah, but that is that is PG thirteen for them. But no, yeah, he, he he gets away with it. I mean, it just means that like sometimes when you go, if you mark yourself as explicit when you go to watch those videos, if you don't have yourself marked as eighteen or over, um, it'll ask you, it'll tell you like this video has content that is over eighteen stuff like that. It's an extra barrier that some people just don't want to jump through the hoops to get to. So you might be blocked by some people uh, if you have foul and dirty language. We could totally do it. Uh, we may not get the, the the viewership that we would want, but let's face it, we haven't got the listenership that we want. Me and you thought that we were going to be making oodles and oodles of money when we started this podcast. And we were I wouldn't be married. I'd be getting my toes licked by many beautiful women right now. <laughs> and me and you would have millions upon millions I of dollars. I still believe that we are underheard. Yeah. <laughs> Scrooge. I will say Sc- that. Me and you thought we were going to have a Scrooge McDuck vault. Like We were just we were like, dude, we're going to be like advertising for everybody. People are going to be paying us like fucking money just well, to drop their shit. I mean, I, I, I listen to more mainstream stuff than you do. And I already know that we're better than a lot of the shit that I listen to, in many oh, yeah? different kind of ways. Yeah. How do we? How do we get those? How do we get oh, those people that run those shows to fire those people? I guess because they have corporate backing or some kind of backing. I, you know, I don't know. All right. Well, Who what knows? we need is a listener. What we need is a listener with corporate backing who's just like, hey, yeah, I got you. Something like that. Got you. And it's the you luck of the draw. Show? All it takes is one, Dave. All it takes is one. Do you think like someone like AMC Theaters would be like, hey, you guys want to do a movie podcast? If, if, we, <laughs> if we wait another like, six years, seven years, how long have we been doing this now? Seven years now? I think Jesus me and you Christ. could do like, you know how like you go to the movies early and there's like the 20s or whatever the fuck it's called, where it's like the 20 minutes. I think me and you could like host like a podcast that plays for 20 minutes before a movie starts, right? And we'll do the stupid fucking trivia, but I'll make fun of the people who like who like have trouble doing the trivia and stuff like cuz it's always the easiest trivia questions where it's just like who played Michael Corleone? Was it Al Pacino? Al Cappuccino? <laughs> and like it's stupid questions like that and it's just <laughs> it's always the worst. Uh, but I think me and you could host those uh, me and you could host something like that. We could host like the twenties. So instead, they have like Maria Menudo's doing it. What does she? What does she bring to the table? I mean, she's pretty, I guess. She, she hasn't been around at all lately. I don't know. Where, she, where Jay, has she been? I miss that girl. I had a big crush on her. Jay, when big I crush get, she, on her. she married, she married Mario Lopez and just just lived her life. No, was it Mario Lopez or no. did she marry Nick Lachey? Somebody, no, I don't know. I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Pro, she just anyway. She probably married anyway. a billionaire. She's, I she's haven't been good-looking. to the theaters, Jay. I haven't been to the theaters to see like the pre-show shit in forever. I've walked in well, and like the last trailer was playing. Dave, I show up twenty to twenty-five minutes past the attended showtime start time because I yeah, know like the trailers are so bad nowadays. It takes no, that long to that. get through them it's, all. It's that like I'm literally and I've like, already seen them all. 
I'm like, Grayson's going long on his feeding, or I got to put Grayson down before I, before I go out. Because if I'm leaving my wife for two hours to go watch a movie while she stays at home with the kid, who's more than likely going to be screaming at her at some point, you know, I have to earn that time away, right? I have to do more mm. to earn that time away. And that's not like... That's that's because that's what you should be doing as 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 a couple, right? Like you should be you should be splitting that time up evenly. Don't let anyone get too worn out. Men should be doing as much as the women do. Everything like that. That's the way we work things in my house. But if I'm going to be leaving for two hours, I have to earn that two hours. So in earning that two hours, I'm usually ten to fifteen minutes late <laughs> to the movies. And I'm like I'm like the guy that's like coming. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Can you fucking move? That's my fucking seat. What, what are you doing here, you fucking teenager? This is a rated R movie. Let me. See See your fucking ticket. And I have to go full Karen on them. And I'm like, I'm going to get the manager. And in case your ears are fucked, get the fuck out. <laughs> you are weird like that. Like, you, even if there's like, like, you know, a ton of open seats that you can just go plop on, you like to have That's my your seat. seat. That's my seat. Yeah. I wouldn't actually call the manager, but I would be like, listen, fuck stick. <laughs> I need you to go pick one of the other fucking open seats and get the fuck out of my seat because I'm 35 fucking years old because I just turned 35. I've got a screaming kid at home. This is the only fucking quiet time I fucking get. And if you fucking ruin it, if you fucking piss me off, I swear to God, I will make your life a living fucking hell. I will shove my hand so far up your ass. I will turn you into my little fucking talking puppet. You will be my Kermit the Frog. I'll carry you around fucking everywhere. You will say the most foul, disgusting, vile shit to the people that you care most about. And then when I'm all done, I'll fucking end you. <laughs> you know, Dave, we're rambling on like it's a Patreon episode or something right, like that. Right, we we, we, we got to stay focused. We just did a Patreon yeah. episode. And so I might cut some of this out. We're, we're extra chatty we'll tonight. So Extra chatty, extra chatty. <laughs> but anyway, Jay, uh, let's just kick things off, man. Let's get started with this week's news. Extra pepper on everything today. Uh, first things first, Jay just shared his news stories with me on the Instagrams. Uh, so uh, our best wishes go out to Mr. Bob Odenkirk. Yes, sir. Who suffered a heart attack while filming Better Call Saul. And stable. Stable now, thankfully. Uh, we're huge fans of him. And, and obviously, this is a sudden, unfortunate also, sudden surprise. And Also, yeah. let it be known, this is what happens when you spend your entire life out of shape and then you just all of a sudden get in shape. You will have a heart attack. And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> you might not be wrong there, David. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I this is why I stay firmly just shy of out of shape. <laughs> just just shy of just shy of yeah, I, I'm just always out of shape. Shapely, I have a shape. It's pear, but um, <laughs> well, you're your dad bod. You know, you got the dad yeah. bod. Pear and pear and muffin. <laughs> Girls <laughs> love a shapes. beard and dad bods. All right, that combination is like, oh yeah. Know, at least you sure about that? Sixty percent of girls' wet dream. If I got a divorce and I had to rejoin the dating world, you would be, be perfectly fine. I don't think so. Next news story. 
All right, Jay, let's kick things off with something I find surprising. Well, I mean, not really, because I never buy into this shit, but currently Suicide Squad is rocking a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> like, I, I got to admit, this is like one of those like surprise like Guardians of the Galaxy type well, hold things. On, where... Hold on, hold on, hold Th- on. This happens from time to time where like something's rocking a 100, and then it, like, it gets released, and like, all of a sudden yeah, it's at 96, the fact... then it's 92, but, then it's in the 80s. But, but this comes out in, what, two weeks? Maybe even three mm-hmm. weeks? Mm-hmm. The fact that they let this next week as of recording. Okay. So. so the fact that they let this out this early on that shows it's good really buzz. good I get faith. It. That shows good faith but, that the studio. But doesn't the cynic in you? In doesn't the cynic in you feel like that? Like these? Yeah, because all the comedy, critics that are reviewing yeah, Dave, it right now because, are paid off. Well, well, no, like, no, 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 no. I, I, I think that like I think it's one of those things where comedy is subjective and. Obviously, comic book stuff likes, and with James Gunn and stuff, they like a little shakeup. And I think he okay. is a good helmer to bring us a new shakeup to what the the old norm was. It's just like the, a lot of the boys. Everybody likes the boys because it's a great shakeup from what we've been getting. And Fair and I think this is going to be something, maybe not like the boys, but like in that vicinity of like a big. Hard R. I'm just always up. skeptical. Like when I see something, I mean, you're like seeing this, like it's, it's the best like... DC movie yet. Now that is a little surprising to me. I mean, like you know, I, I don't know. I, I I'm still very cautious. I'm just always skeptical of this shit, especially when like James Gunn is recently coming out with quotes where he's yeah. talking about like the superhero genre is tired. It's old. He doesn't want to work in it anymore and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, you have two superhero led movies coming out in the next <laughs> this year and next year. And uh, not, not to mention a Christmas special, which is going to be coming to <laughs> to Disney Plus. But you're shitting on superhero movies. You choose now to do it <laughs> when you're currently have to go out there and promote. I kind of think it's on purpose. Movies. I think that's kind of the thing. Like, because I, 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 because this is supposed to be the subversive superhero movie, right? So I guess. he shits on it to I say mean, it's like the I Suicide sh- Squad. This is like fucking villains. So fair enough. Fair you enough. know, I think it's part of the shtick of the promotion okay. because you see it. I saw it I'm on just saying, I mean, like you know, they, like, I'm a cynic. So like when I, know, I see but, something but like the this, the thing is, Dave saw they. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's like the so whole point so of it. Is James Gunn. Like James yes. Gunn is, that's the whole. The whole point world of it. is cynics, and James Gunn has just tapped the vein. And, yes, and just just found. He it. I got he, you. he wrote. He he fucking put that fucking belt around your arm, and he shot you up with this shit. All right, now take it. Enjoy. Oh it. no, no, no! James Gunn did not make me a cynic, sir. That all my life experiences and being disappointed around every turn and every decision I've ever made that made me a cynic. <laughs> 35 years old this week. Cynic. <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jack. David Leach. Uh, he was the director of Deadpool 2. He is also behind Fast and Loose, a film which will be starring Will Smith, which was just acquired by Netflix. So this uh, will be following a man who wakes up in Tijuana. I want to see if a chick with a mouthful of donkey spunk swallows. Kinky Kelly and the sexy stud. Straight from their dirty debut in Tijuana. He has amnesia, and he learns that he's been living there for two years as a crime kingpin and covert CIA agent. So, essentially, he's uh, Pablo Escobar? <laughs> uh, I don't know. 
he's a kingpin of crime and he's also a cia agent slash informant he's pablo escobar uh minus the amnesia thing so big willie back on netflix uh you know he's had Mm. he had what one he he had he had bright and didn't he have another movie on netflix as well will smith Mm. i can't remember it can't remember either because a lot of his shit remember. has been forgettable recently that's the problem it has been it has been uh no you know what i'm thinking of that really shitty one where he is playing himself at younger age and himself older age and oh each other. gemini the, man gemini. um ang lee movie that's the yeah, ang gemini lee movie. man i just said yep. i just said it twice it's the third time yeah but you didn't say ang lee so shut the fuck up if i say gemini man one more fucking time will smith is gonna appear and he's, all right i'll make this look good god damn it he's here see see <laughs> See what happens when you make me repeat myself. Ah, fuck! I got a cigar <laughs> in my hand. Shit! All right, let's go. Move on. <laughs> you, you got Will Smith just fucking <laughs> popping up in the studio, <laughs> fucking telling me he makes everything look good. God damn it! Big Boy Weekend's been over for a while. Go, go back to your yeah, fucking a whole Instagram three stories. Weeks. I know. Go back to your Instagram stories, Will Smith. I love watching your workout videos. You're an inspiration. I love you. <laughs> anyway, uh, seeing Will Smith out of shape on his social medias uh, and him like it's talking so about weird. his body issues and stuff like that it came made out me of feel nowhere. So good about myself. Well, of course made me it feel did. so good. And then like watching him like work out real hard and getting in shape, and I'm like, well, fuck you, dude. You should have joined the fatty club with me. <laughs> you fucking. You should have embraced. Anyway, it. Yeah. Netflix obviously not shying away from just dropping the fucking ducats on like big movies that like. I mean, this isn't like a tentpole summer blockbuster for Will Smith, but this would have done solid in the fall in the theaters because it had will smith in it and it has uh, a kind of a kitschy premise that people could have gotten behind or at least been somewhat interested in so uh you know netflix probably paid a pretty penny for this shit uh they always do uh they got a fuckload of money and they usually spend it so but what's funny is i love this because the studio's they're like, oh, Netflix is destroying the theater experience. We can't sell enough movie tickets because uh, we're not, uh, you know, people are just happy well, to sit at home guess, and stream stuff. Guess what but just dropped today? Filter- Netflix is trying to acquire uh, the next Christopher Nolan film. Mr. Theater but, but Director the of all theater directors. But then they're they're happy to like fill their coffers with Netflix's money and give them the movies that they would be putting out into theaters that maybe won't, you know, embolden the movie experience but it's sure enough will give us something to go see that that weekend and they, it's like they they complain about it but they also are willing to take its money as well you know what i mean it's like it, it's like me and all my conservation shit like it, it, it's gonna be like look man i really i'm really against this but like uh you know I, i'm really against the, the the beef industry but you know i'm, I'm gonna eat a steak today I'm not really against the beef industry. I'm just saying, like, that's just an example. I fucking love steak. I made a steak for my fucking last day, uh, for my last day home from work. Fucking, mwah, fucking delicious. Loved it. Perfectly, perfectly cooked. Follow me for more uh, recipes. <laughs> but anyway, you, you know they paid Netflix paid a pretty fucking penny for this. Sure. I I I would probably say you know in the. Like, like, what does a Will Smith movie do in the theaters anymore? I could look this up on boxofficemojo.com, but I ain't, I ain't got the time Well, not as much as he used to. I mean, do I, I know mean, not as much as it used to, but still, you, you're, you're talking about, you know, when they purchase a movie, they're not just purchasing, like, the rights to stream that movie and stuff like that. I, I, they're, they're, right. They're more than likely paying for the production of that movie and, and everybody's salaries and stuff like I that. Still, Plus, I still don't think a Will Smith movie... I don't think he's going to make more than three hundred million dollars worldwide anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I, I would. I would. Say, I mean, unless I right. uh, unless he's like attached to something, like you know, 
marketable already. But like an original thing, mm, I don't see it happening anymore. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, just thought it was interesting. Will Smith, even when he isn't signing a contract with Netflix to make Bright, uh, he he still winds up on Netflix anyway. It's just where Big Willie is now. A days, just where Big Willie. The Willy evolution is. of cinema. Next news story. So all the talk around developing a black Superman project and people fan, uh, you know, fan casting uh, Michael B. Jordan in it. Michael B. Jordan apparently went to Warner Brothers uh, and HBO Max and said he, he, he pulled a Thanos. Fine. I'll do it myself. Yeah. And now and now Michael B. Jordan has decided that he is developing his own black I'm, Superman I'm, project. I'm telling you, you're going to hear we're going to hear more about this. Behind the scenes, uh, shit, all, because you know there's a lot of drama behind wanna, the scenes about like, that. I want to like, I want to applaud it because like people are you know, a for the people who are who are shitting on a black Superman and stuff like that. And I think I said before, you can't do a black Superman unless you're going to have you know a, a a black director, you know, a black production behind it. Because if you're going to tell a black Superman story, you better well make sure that you are telling the story from from a black experience. You know, you, you can't have a white guy come out and direct that movie. Correct. You said that. That is true. And Michael B. Jordan stepping up to the plate and just being like, you guys want me in this movie? You guys want this movie made? Guess what? People pay me tons of money to to be in movies as it is. Why not put out my own money and, and, and partner with somebody to make a movie that I want to make that you already have told me that you want to see? Fucking down. Barrier for entry, even lower, because you're not going to have to drop coin to go see it in the movie theaters. It's coming directly to HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna and it's gonna be uh it's gonna center around Val Zod as a villain. So I'm I'm fucking down. I am fucking down. I want I want this. I didn't know I wanted it. Uh, until until like rumors started swirling around about it, I, and then people started fan casting Michael B. Jordan as Superman. And then you look the way he's fucking cut up in Creed and Creed Two. I'm just like, yeah, I, yeah, I, he, I he does. He has the physique. I, I'm still ca- I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean, this is going to come out three years from now, maybe. You know, and 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 at that time. But I'm, yeah, but I'm might also excited that it, HBO Max is doing their own like just DC shit. Where they're like, it doesn't need to go into theaters. We can do DC shit right here on HBO Max, right? Like we, I mean, they they picked up the shows that were already on DC Universe, like Doom Patrol and Titans and stuff like that, and that's cool. And and, and all all the DC animated universe stuff eventually goes to HBO Max and stuff like that, so that's cool. And and of course, you know, for this year, we're getting all the movies that are released that are supposed to be released in theaters released day and date on HBO Max, and that's awesome. But moving forward, they they they've decided that they're just going to release movies directly to HBO Max. HBO original movies that are in the DC universe. So we, we already know we're getting Batgirl and we're getting Superman. Yeah. And if you ever like, just with that news alone, I'm like, even if I was thinking, you know, about canceling HBO Max because House of the Dragon is still a year away, I'm just like, no, nah, I'm gonna keep it because I want that stuff. I want access to that stuff. That's that. That's where I think a lot of like future proofing for the DC universe is going into right now because it's failed at the theaters so many times over and over again. I think you, I think you have a very, very valid point where it's insurance for people to not leave. But also, also, not only that it's, it's also like, you know, the, the DC universe has had 
it, it started out with big fans and then it, little fan, and now it's like a subsect of fandom and stuff like that. And it involves a lot of the people from the Zack Snyder, you know, fandom world and stuff like that. We'll get into that in our trailer park when we do a, a trailer park breakdown for uh, Army of Thieves, a very brief one. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it does come with that as well. But at the same time, they've decided that since they have a small a, a, a small following for the DC movies, let's let's put it on the small screen for them to enjoy and not have to put out the money of promoting it like we would if it was going out to the theaters. I, I would like to see them still put, you know, the same money they would put behind a project that would be going to the theaters. You know, let's let, let's say, you know, a hundred million dollars less, we'll say, than like, you know, than a Wonder Woman or something like that. But something with still some real some real money behind it to make it a real blockbuster, but you're gonna be putting it on the small screen for your subscribers. And that makes more people want to subscribe when you take care of that of that streaming service it's attending a garden sometimes you got to clip a branch for it to grow stronger for better Mm. for better fruit (laughs) next news story all right jay uh invincible uh that was a show on on amazon prime i got you to watch some of it i don't think you finished it but you know i commend you for watching the episode that you did watch uh there was also watched a good chunk almost the whole season I hope you finish it because I think I think it's going interesting places, interesting comic. It it, it 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 certainly is not predictable. I'll say that like where it goes if it follows the comic book anyway, uh, it, it'll go in a different direction. Now the the animated show very much follows the comic book at least story wise. If if it's not beat for beat, but they are hitting the same story beats maybe at different times. Maybe things are moving a little faster than they that than they were on the animated show than they did in the comic books, but. There is still a live action movie in the works and Robert Kirkman has made it known now in an interview that they are making absolutely massive efforts to make the Invincible live action movie different than the comic book and the animated series. What do you think of a creator essentially coming out and saying to those comic book fans that want to see a live action adaptation of what I've written, I'm making a concerted effort to not do that same thing. He's essentially walking deading it. Uh, and for fans of Robert Kirkman who read the walking dead comic, who loved it, then watched the TV show and realized, Oh, this is going in all different directions. And some of it, I don't like, um, you know, I, I wonder like we, we, like we've both seen the backlash of films that, that go f- too far away from the source material and the backlash they can get. I think of Ready Player One. I think of, I, th- I think of a lot of things. A lot of things where where people will always say like the book is better. And most of the time, the comic book or or the book, the source material usually is better. It usually is, but it's not live action, it, and, and it is a different experience to see something in the theaters. And that's what I struggle mm-hmm. with a lot of times. It's like you need to compartmentalize that shit. As I don't much have the, as you can. Yeah, I don't have that problem. I go into the theater. I want to be entertained. And a lot of the times, I kind of want them to change some things because I want to be surprised too. I want that surprise. So like when people watch right. Watchmen, they go, I hate how they changed the ending. I'm like, I kind of like how they changed the ending. It's a little different. A little extra spice on it. You know? It it, it didn't go into it, it didn't go into a, a, a you know, I understand that like, you know. Alan Moore's ending was like over the top for the sake of being over the top because it's his allegory on comic books and stuff like that and how comic books can go over the top and stuff like that. But when you you know when you see it in the movie, it makes sense. It was a bomb that was set with the same radiological signature that Dr. Manhattan had, thus making him the villain of the world, thus making the world united against him. And then he goes off and fucks off to Mars. Still the same ending as the comic book, 
but just done with a different delivery. It's different enough that it doesn't hurt the story at all and different mm. enough that I got a little bit, it's something different and I got a little bit of enjoyment out of it. That's kind of what I hope Robert Kirkman's going to, but if he treats it like he did with The Walking Dead, that's an even bigger problem now because The Walking Dead at this point is so vastly different than the comic books. They are two completely different things. Very different. And I think that The Walking Dead series has suffered for it because the Walking Dead comic book, you know, even though I wasn't crazy about its ending, I, I still think its ending made sense for the story that was told for me. I don't know where they're going with the series. I, I haven't watched the series since like season five. That's how long ago I gave up on it. Um, so I just, I just wonder where, you know, where Skybound and Robert Kirkman are going with this live action movie, and and pretty much just making the announcement now, two to three years before this movie is even going to be released, that like we're gonna make it different than the comic book and the, and the TV show. So don't expect that. Next news story. RJ, Lucasfilm has hired deep fake YouTuber Shamook. Uh, he has been known to make uh, deep fake videos of Mark Hamill superimposed uh, <laughs> into The Mandalorian and other such, other such properties. Uh, I mean, uh, other such Star Wars things uh, that Lucasfilm was so impressed by his deep fake videos uh, with Mark Hamill that they were like, you're hired. <laughs> you're hired. So See, we have hope, Dave. We have hope. So let it be known, kids. If you are good at this, you know, at this this thing you do, at this th- th- these fucking shenanigans that you pull, whatever and, it and, is, you and, just have to be really and good. People at it. notice it if you if you work hard at it and you're talented. There is something out there for you. And like I, I recently just watched a thing where some where some guy was like screaming on stage, and I know that he's like this hype man and stuff like that, and and it, it's it's pantomime to being a cult leader, but at the same time, he's he's a uh, He's a public speaker. He's a um, a life coach type thing, and but he was he was on the stage and people were cheering for him and stuff like that. I'd never pay money to go see it, but he was saying like you can work a job that you fucking hate and still fucking fail. So why the fuck would you not work your ass off and fail at something that you love to do? <laughs> And I was like, that's fucking true. Those are fucking true words that you're saying up there. I don't like how people are screaming at you like you're some cult leader, but I, I, I like seeing it. No, but- it's, it, it, is, it is good to hear that, but it's also one of those things where it's like too little too late, I think. I, I mean, they, and it, of course, he'll argue against that, but I do think people need to hear that more earlier on in life. One of the truest statements that's ever been said, and people may argue against, uh, against this because everyone wants to go and live their dream, but one of the truest statements that's ever been said is the world needs ditch diggers. That's true, and I'm a ditch digger, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It earns me. It earns me to living to live the life that I want to do. I live my dreams out in my hobbies, and you know I may not well, make a lot of money doing it, but at least first I, off, but at least I do it. Our listeners know that you're not fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine with the money I make. I'm. I, I may not be fine with with my job, but I'm fine with the money that I make. That I'm not like a millionaire. That's that's fine. But the point is, if, if you have a side gig and stuff like that, and you're good at it, and you know you're good at it, and the right person notices you, you know, d- don't give up on it. Just keep doing it. That's even, everything. E- even if you're not getting paid for it, just keep doing it, because you might get discovered, and someone might be willing to pay you a handsome salary to fucking do that thing that you like to do. And, now and, it, you- and it could be anywhere, anywhere, as long as you're willing and open-minded enough to go where the opportunity arrives you know, or rises, you know, then you, you can be a huge success. 
That could be anywhere. It could be international. It could be going to New Mexico. <laughs> you know, it could be anything. But like one of those things where there's endless possibilities. It's just a matter of the right person. That's to, right. To jump on board. And me and know? Jay are waiting for that right person. And this has been our moment of positivity. And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Everything. Next news story. All right, Jay. Uh, Netflix is back at it again, developing a live-action Pokemon series because apparently the Poke- the the Detective Pikachu sequel that Fuck Justin that Smith shit. has wanted to be involved in, and Ryan Reynolds has said that he's willing to return back to do the voice of Pikachu. But Warner Brothers apparently didn't make enough money on it, so they're like, "Nah, we're not really going to do that." Apparently, Netflix has now stepped up and they said, "Well, guess what? We're partnering with uh, with Nintendo, and we are going to make a live-action Pokemon series." I'm curious to see what they do with it. I'll definitely check it out. Not sure if I really give a shit though i think they're gonna skew it into more of a kid friendly series for sure for sure my daughter loves pokemon she can't play it worth a shit but she she loves the idea of it gotta catch them all you know it's my destiny you need me and i need you pokemon gotta catch them all pokemon next news story all right, Jay, we talked a few months back about the, the new Predator movie that was being made in secret. Shh. It's a secret. No one wanted you to know that they were making it. Or at least the director didn't want you to know that, that it was being made. But now, mm. some details about the film have been released. First off, it's not titled Predator at all. It's titled Skull. Or at least it's 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 working title is skull like you know you know working titles are like a thing definitely like, a working title yeah probably definitely a working title that's especially that's of, since it was supposed to be a secret project right right apparently its lead is not male they're not bringing back Boyd Holbrook or anything like that it's not going to be Arnold uh, it is going to be a female led story uh, they say that it's similar to the Revenant which I find interesting but the way I see Ooh, it is the Revenant meets Annihilation. <gasps> so so what I'm thinking is the Revenant in that it is one person versus the Predator and they are extremely like either injured or hurt or always on the back foot and stuff like that. It's the most dangerous game. But instead of like, you know, a, a, a team, a team of, of Navy SEALs or, you know, a team of, of JSOC or like, you know, a team of all these different type of, of macho army and Navy, Air Force, Marines. What a great thing. It's a great thing. You should watch Stripes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like all that, all that machismo bullshit, it is one woman versus a predator in the woods. That's what I think they're getting at with the revenant. In that, it's like a struggle to survive. It's going to follow the predator's first journey to Earth. So this will be the first time that a yakja, or uh, as they're called uh, in in ancillary material, uh, that a predator has appeared on Earth. So look for this to be not taking place. Um, in contemporary times, I'm assuming this will take place sometime before 1986, 85, whenever the first Predator was. It'll be sometime before then. Uh, the film has been is three quarters of the way completed its principal photography, and no one knows whether this will be rated R or PG-13. But just learn from the mistakes of your past. You had almost a movie, almost something that would be enjoyable to watch with Alien versus Predator, but then you went and made it PG-13, and then it sucked. <laughs> Don't make it PG-13. God, no. Make it R. I think they learned their lesson. Blow some body parts off of people. Get get real fucking indignant with it. 
show the blood, show the gore, show the viscera. This is an alien creature whose sole purpose is to go to other planets to find the most dangerous game and hunt it to its death, skin it, and then put its skull in its trophy case. What about that sounds like it should be PG-13 to you at all? Don't fuck with my shit, Hollywood. Don't don't fucking blanch. Don't 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 fucking vanilla eyes. What I love. Mm. Make it bloody. Make it scream. Paint the screen red. So that's going to do it for our news this week. But before we get into this week's what are you watching and our review for old me and jay got some brief trailer parks that we want to break down for y'all so without any further delay thomas ianucci why don't you play some of those beats because we're gonna head ourselves over and we're gonna get into trailer park cut the beat and let the music play no trailer park shout out to dave and jay i don't serve but there's a newer wave we've been on since god saved the right stop I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. Thanks, Thomas Iannucci, for giving us that fantastic intro. If you guys want to check out more of Thomas Iannucci's music, you're going to have to head over to Spotify. It's Spotify.com. Obviously, I think you guys all have Spotify accounts. And uh, search Thomas Iannucci. It's I-A-N-N-U-C-C-I. Yeah. Anyway, Jay, let's kick things off with Army of Thieves. Ludwig Dieter. We've been watching you, and we want to recruit you. You're familiar with the outbreak in America. The one turning people into flesh eating monsters? Yes, I heard something about it. The world's distracted. This window of opportunity isn't just our only chance, it's yours. My only chance for what? A life less ordinary. Man, for a certain sect of our fans, I'm understanding that I am probably particularly annoying uh, while recording this episode. And that's fine. I, I just I just am this way sometimes. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> uh, so Army <laughs> of Thieves is going to follow Dieter, the master safebreaker that was in Army of the Dead. And he is joined by Gwendolyn, who's played by Nathalie Emmanuel. Uh, she played Masunday in Game of Thrones. And she also plays, I think it's Artemis or Ramses. That's it. Uh, uh, it's Ramsey's. Who cares? Anyway, she, she she's in Fast. She's in the Fast series. She's the one that's kind of like almost dating Ludacris, but you're not really quite sure. She's got a killer body. Uh, just fucking phenomenal. Anyway, she's also in this movie, and it looks like she is the one that is going to be recruiting Dieter to crack the safe uh, for this heist that they are going to be for- performing. And really, it just looks like it's going to be a fun heist movie. I'm not sure if I'm really going to be into it though like it's very clear they're trying to make parallels to army of the dead especially when they're showing news footage of like the zombies and stuff off in the distance and i know they're going to find a way to shoehorn zombies into this film at some point or another just because now they're building they're building this whole army of the dead like franchise over there on netflix they got an animated series coming out they've already greenlit the army of the dead sequel to be written and directed by Zack snyder just as the first one was right after netflix is done making his rebel moon which was his 
his script for a Star Wars film that Lucasfilm decided not to option. But then Netflix was like, you know what? So many people are just sucking the dick of Zack Snyder that we might as well just suck his fucking dick too. Go, and we'll make go, his Star go, Wars go, movie. We'll go. just change some shit in it and make it make it our own. You are on some good crack tonight. I'll Why can't you. I get my dick sucked as much as Zack Snyder gets his? Why are people calling me sir and king and lord and whatever the fuck other people call him? Like, what, like, why aren't I getting that much love? I would love... We, we started the show by saying that I wish I was getting my toes licked by many beautiful women, but I'm just not. So, <laughs> But he is. He could if he wanted to. Anyway, uh, I'm really not that excited for this, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not a big fan of heist spy movies. I know, like, you, Jay, are a fan of, like, heist I and I certainly movies. am. And this, this trailer looks like a uh, uh, direct-to-TV generic. type generic kind Extremely of thing. Generic. Where, like, it's, it's, it, it could have some... Um, airplane watch fun to it you know like one of those things where like you really don't have to be dialed in whatsoever or over criticize anything that's going on it's just a light-hearted romp and i think that's ultimately what it is and what it's trying to do and yeah i mean that that's definitely a demographic it's i hope to god it's better than like six underground you know like but I mean, this does not have like the star power behind it that some of the other you well, know, that's, Netflix that's schlock the, has. That's the interesting wild card behind this, right? Where like, like Goose Khan, I've seen him in a this thing is a or shocking two. green light film that came out, right? Right. And the guy the who heels. plays the, the guy uh, Trent Garrett, who plays according uh, quote unquote Mister Cool Guy, I remember him from several episodes of The New Girl, where he plays like the hot guy who CC hires for CC's hot boys. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, like I don't really recognize anybody except for Ludwig Dieter. Uh, I'm sorry. Besides Matthias Schweighofer and Nathalie Emmanuel, the, the the two the two main leads. Interestingly, though, this uh, movie is produced by Zack Snyder, written by Zack Snyder. Studies the story is by him, and the director of it is Matthias Schweighofer. God bless you. The guy who plays Ludwig Dieter himself. Shocking. I did not know this. You definitely surprised me on that. I did not look too much into this film. Yeah. Um, so he does have some directing credits. It looks like a lot of his stuff is good like on comedies. Him. He's going Hollywood. He's yeah. he's rolling the dice. It looks like it's comedies stuff from 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 like Germany and stuff like that. Uh, just just looking at his IMDb, it looks like there might be a few like Hollywood productions in there and stuff like that. But um, he he is uh, in it. He's he's the man here apparently. Um, I I don't know like whether like while on the set of like Army of the Dead when that was being filmed because we know that was filmed long before it was optioned by Netflix and then released on Netflix. I don't know whether like him and Zack Snyder were like talking about stuff and he's like you know what why don't you direct the spinoff to this movie? He goes there's a spinoff and he's like yeah there's a I mean it's Netflix they'll pay me to do anything. People suck my dick if I ask them to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he was like you know what matter of fact suck my dick suck my dick Dieter and Dieter's like I'll suck your dick if I get to direct the next movie and he's like get get the sucking he's like I can give you Unscheiser and he's like nah alright one Unscheiser <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, until they show me more, I'm not really interested in this. It's it's a Netflix watch, so like, but it's not that one that like I'm beating down the door to get to it on day one. So yeah, no, I'll, 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 I, this will be like one. It'll come out. It'll be on the top ten, and I'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to it. You know, it's free. I'll wait till I have a free. I'll wait till a rainy afternoon where I have nothing else to do. All right, Jay, let's get into our next one: the meat and potatoes, the one that I really want to talk about. Let's get into Ghostbusters Afterlife. You're a great mom. 
I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor. But with Phoebe, she really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. She's an awkward, nerdy kid. Maybe a new home can be an opportunity to start fresh. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? We're completely broke. And our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Your father wasn't much of a homemaker. He could hardly keep the power on. You're saying he left us nothing? Well, I wouldn't say nothing. You went with Station Wagon? It's the only one that had an engine. troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night. You experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic. Have you or any of your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? Ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. We're closed. All right, Jay, I want to talk about something crazy. It was almost two years ago. A year and a half ago, the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer came out, and we did a we did a big breakdown uh, for that. I did I went by that thing frame by frame, and I picked out a lot a lot of stuff, like the fact that the mine that uh, Finn Wolfhart is hanging out in front of with all the rest of the high school kids is called Shandor Mine, as in EO Shandor, as in the architect who created Dana Barrett's apartment, as in Gozer Worshippers. So obviously we're going back to the roots of the first one with this one, uh, Gozer Worshippers and all that stuff. But a big part of that Chorro Park breakdown was wondering who whose grandkids are these? And like, I think we all were pretty firmly thumb planted on the fact that like, it's clearly Egon's kids. Just look at that little girl. She glasses, curly hair, uh, clearly socially awkward, very much Egon's uh, brood. And it turns out that is true. Cause they mention in this that, um, she, she, she kind of makes mention that like, why did, you know, why did Egon come all the way out here? You know, so it seems like Egon yeah, and, is and, and leave the family just this raggedy old house. Right. So it seems like Egon is is going to be the grandfather of these children. And that is his daughter. A lot of people, because Annie Potts is in this uh, as Janine Melnin, a lot of people look at that and say, like, oh, my God, Egon married Janine Melnin. And it's like, I don't think he married her. Uh, she she ran their business. She was more than likely an accountant. And she very well possibly could just be the executor of his estate. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of seems like the Ghostbusters may have had some sort of falling out so um, at, at some point, which would parallel the relationship between Harold Ramis and Bill Murray post Groundhog Day, where they really did have a falling out, and Bill Murray and Harold Ramis made up on his deathbed. So um, it, I think that that's a nice real-life parallel. It looks like the Ghostbusters themselves had a falling out, so he only entrusted Janine with his quote-unquote legacy, which it was it was Egon's tech that created the Ghostbusters, right? Sure, it was the entrepreneurial spirit sure. of Bill Murray and getting a third mortgage on the farmhouse, <laughs> on the house that was Ray's parents that really got it all started, but the the ingenuity and, and, the, uh, and the tech behind it, that all came from Egon. So these clearly are Egon's kids, and she even makes mention that, like, you know, her, her son, who's played by Finn Wolfhard, he's a normal kid, and she gets him but she doesn't quite understand her daughter she's different uh and it, it almost feels like they're, they're kind of like implying that egon may have himself been on the spectrum and now so is his granddaughter 
Um, she's very much like her grandfather in that way. Uh, some of the other stuff that that we pick up is they, they actually show a picture of of the Ghostbusters together in this farmhouse. And, the, you know, they mentioned that that, you know, he didn't leave a lot of money. He just left his old ratty ass farmhouse. But Janine mentions that, she, that he left the, left them a whole lot more, which if you were willing to sell some of this stuff to the right collector, i.e. Paul Rudd. <laughs> You might make a mint, uh, but clearly uh, it looks like the family business is going to be getting started up again as Finn Wolfhard and the rest of his cronies or fucking teenagers. Look, I hate teenagers. Look, they always hang out in fucking weird places. They do weird shit. Sometimes they open minds that apparently cause a rift to the paranormal realm in which ghosts spew out. First into off, this Dave, tiny you town. would do this exact same thing. Oh, if I could summon a demon, <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> if I could summon like Zul or, or or Gozer themselves, I fucking would choose your destructor. A giant fucking Chewbacca riding inside of an ATST just comes walking down New York streets. <laughs> cause that's cause that's what I would probably choose as my destructor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so clearly, like, like they kind of awaken this. They, they, they make mentions of the earthquakes that are underground and stuff all over again. That's all stuff that was in the first trailer. One of the things that picked up on that was interesting, though, was Paul Rudd sitting down with the kid's mom having dinner. Very much like a date, right? Mm. Almost like Paul Rudd is such a fanboy that, like, when he saw the ghost trap that looked really legit and the girl mentions that it was in her farmhouse and he says, like, who did you say you were? You know, it's almost like he finds out that like he's a big Ghostbusters I, fan growing up. I think up. he's going to be like an outsider, like a, oh, a family is. friend type situation. I don't. Think I it's think be he like found out date. that these are the grandkids of a Ghostbuster, and he wanted to fuck their mom. That's what I think. I think he's yeah. a star fucker, Jay. I think he's you. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, wants to grab. Right. The, he right. just wants to grab the coattails of something great, like you've done to me. <laughs> First off, we started off together. It's true. We did. So that doesn't we've, count. We've always been together. We talked doesn't about count. this. On, we talked about this in the Patreon episode. Yeah. You, you and I. By the time we die, we will have been together for thirty. Join years, our Patreon, and you have no idea the content that you're missing out on. Uh, so, so we we get more of we get more of Finn Wolfhard's character uh, fixing up the Ecto One. But w- one of the things that that I thought was was really cool was the fact that the ghost trap looks completely different now we get that end scene right we saw we saw the ghost trap they pulled it out of, well, of the that's gotta be freshened like up a little bit i would think, don't I, you think? but mm-hmm. what i love is that it's these kids freshening it up right egon wouldn't have put a fucking rc motor on that thing the kids are the, the, i i gotta think that the kids are doing it i gotta think that by the time whatever happens happens you know and, and it does look like that it is gozer because we do see them what looks like they're like going into like some some dark uh, area uh that's 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 inside possibly even in their own basement and they are seeing what looks like a gozer shrine and then if you look over top of the mountaintop there's like this this cloud formation that's kind of orangey and purplish haze and stuff like that it looks a lot like the clouds that formed over top of dana barrett's apartment in ghostbuster one so i think we're 100 dealing with a full-on gozer apocalypse situation yet again <laughs> But it's the Ghostbusters aren't around. It's up to the kids to stop it. So they're taking the tech that was left to them by Egon and they're updating it themselves. They're going out there and their town is under siege by these ghost ghouls specters. Like if you see the spook specter or ghost, like they're watching that old that they're watching that old commercial from from the Ghostbusters. 
Uh, and if you needed any more help deciding whether this was Gozer or not, uh, we get Paul Rudd's Vince Clortho scene. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, that's uh, that's the one with Rick Moranis when he's running through Central mm-hmm. Park and the terror dog is chasing him. Mm-hmm. It's happening to Paul Rudd, except it's chasing him through a Walmart <laughs> parking lot. And I love it. I, uh, abs- I so absolutely good. love it. I'm not sure if I'm the only one that noticed this, and, and and maybe I'm just seeing things. Maybe it's not. Maybe this isn't what it was. But there's one point where where the mother is like kind of standing there in the dark. Uh, you know, she's played by Carrie Coon, and you see like the lamp just kind of like swing and point. And I'm wondering if like a way to keep Egon in this, since we're going to be getting cameos from the rest of the original Ghostbusters. I wonder if a way to keep Egon in this is to like never actually show his spirit, but that is his spirit guiding her towards something shining a light on something for her and and I, that's it's a brief scene in this trailer but i i saw it there and i'm not sure if anyone else saw it but moving on you know by the time we get to the end of this they are clearly making a phone call to maybe someone who has experience with fighting off zool and gozer and someone answers the phone and i saw a lot of people online being like oh my god that's bill murray and it's like, are you sure? Because it looks like it says Occult Books on the sign, and Ray owned a store in Ghostbusters 2 called Ray Occult Books, and that voice sounds a lot like a Ray lot. Stance, Dan Aykroyd. It doesn't sound a damn thing yeah. like Bill Murray. Look, I, I, agree. No, I agree. I have no doubt that Bill Murray is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's in this movie. But the person answering that red phone with the with the old fucking wrinkly and veiny arms, that is Dan Aykroyd. That's Ray Stance, especially because he's sitting inside of Ray Occult Books, which the sign on the on the fucking window clearly says Occult Books. So it's it's Ray Stance. They they call out to Ray Stance, and if there's anybody to answer their call, it would be Ray, uh, because a he worked on the story with. <laughs> With Jason Reitman, number one. And and B, he's been the biggest champion of Ghostbusters since its since its, you know, stallment. Uh since eighty nine when the whole franchise started. He's the one that that wrote the story for the video game and got that off the ground, made that almost like a third installment to it. You know, he's the one that that got everybody together to do that video game. Um and I think he's he's the one that's been championing getting more Ghostbusters out there. He wrote the original script. It this is his baby, this is his love. This is what he wants to do. He loves the world that he built. So I think having him being involved in 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 more of a way than than let's say Ernie Hudson or or um, Bill Murray, I think I think it works better that it's Ray, uh, just because this this is Dan Aykroyd's baby. Yeah, I agree. Jay, mm. still my still my most anticipated movie two years running. I'm not gonna lie, I'm fucking. Excited. Of course it is. No, Dude, that- I am too. I, I think this tr- this trailer. So my impressions are, you know, I think it, it it did a great job of continuing the first trailer. In yeah, its this tone. is the story trailer. We're getting more of the story. Yeah, now. but even still, I still feel like it 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 still did not spoil much at all. And it it really hinted the fact that it's going to have a lot of groundedness. Oh yeah, um, and it's not going to be a CGI shit show. Like I might be reading too much into it, but I one. love this idea that like I think they're going deeper into the psychology of of I mean one particular Ghostbuster, but into into the Ghostbusters themselves. Like like what what was the makeup that made the Ghostbusters who they were? Right? 
you, you, you got this girl who's Egon's who's Egon's granddaughter. She seems very much like the scientific and quizzical type, much like her grandfather was. And she seems to be very much a tinkerer and inventor. Uh, but then we also got Finn Wolfhard, who is your average teenage boy. He wants to go out. He wants to get laid. That sounds a whole lot like Pete Bankman. <laughs> and then you got Paul Rudd. You got the fanboy. You got the guy that's all about everything. Just super excited. Just happy to be there. Hey, does this poll still work? This place is great. When can we move in? You've got to try this pole. I'm going to get my stuff. That's race dance. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't wait to see this, man. Uh, you know, this the first trailer filled me with like nostalgia because it had the music playing. It had lines from the original movie playing. It has that great moment where the Ecto one starts up and the kids riding it through the uh, th- through the wheat field. And we we hear that. I think this uh, equally did a good job of hitting those nostalgia marks. Um, maybe not as high, but they also gave us more story points and they gave us you know a lot more to look forward to. Correct, like a bunch of little marsh like Stay Puft the Marshmallow Men inside of Walmart cooking and burning themselves alive on a grill, stabbing themselves with fucking toothpicks, uh, uh, riding I, I, I riding mean, rumbas I'm, I'm, I'm around. Being, I'm being honest. I think I think you know I think Reitman is the perfect person to helm it. And I think he is holding back a lot. I think he's holding back a lot of what you just referenced. I think it like seems like swelling I think it seems nostalgic like a nice bl- moments yeah. that's going to really get us like gung ho. I think it aboard. seems a lot like it's it's going to bring a fair bit of comedy that'll make us laugh. Um, but I think I think it's bringing a lot of heart, and I think that heart is going to come from nostalgia and from the fact that it's 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 a legacy story, right? It's these. It's these kids, or, or, or specifically, you know, this granddaughter uh, who's going to be living up to the legacy of what came before. Uh, there definitely will be a passing of the torch. Make make no bones about it. Like Dan Aykroyd is there to pass a torch. Yeah. Well, you you have to in some. If if you want this franchise right? to continue in any kind of way in a respectful manner. It's the it, only way to do it. You have to do it. You have it, to do it with yeah, the original It can't guys. be the geriatrics doing it. Right? Exactly. It you can't do it. It can't be who did it You can't it let the execs do it in some ass backwards, weird, fucking flippy way. No, the, um, the time for them to do it, the, the time for Dan Aykroyd and you gotta do Murray a proper and Harold Ramis pass. and Ernie Hudson to return. They're old. Was, Honestly, was 10 they, years ago. they could literally crock over at any given moment. They're it was that 10 old year, now. Right. It was 10 years ago, 15 years ago for them to return. The only one who could do it and probably still do it convincingly is Ernie Hudson because, my God, watch him on Grace and Frankie. I'd still fuck him. <laughs> uh, so I, Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, is still slated for release on November 11th, 2021, uh, Thanksgiving release. Uh, I'm, I like it. Can't wait for it. I wish it was coming sooner because uh, we are now well over a year since it was supposed to be released. Uh, first, it was supposed to be released in March of 2020, or uh, I think, yeah, I think it was March of 2020. That obviously came, went, and 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 disappeared. And then it was slated for for I believe it was maybe is May, March, April, or May, uh, spring of of 2021. And it's obviously been pushed back now to November 11th, 2021 can't wait uh but jay we're running a little long uh we got to get into we got to talk mm-hmm. about the things we still have a review for old to do which we're going to do together but we also got to talk about what you and i got down to watching what are you watching what are we watching he's trying to watch some illegal channel oh, wait, watching. no 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 go past this past this part 
In fact, never play this again. All right, shit stick. What you get to watch this week? All right, so we're going to be talking about old in a little bit. Um, yeah, that's that's the end. That's the end. We'll we'll do a sure. we'll do a well, brief yeah. review and then spoilers, and me and you will bitch about everything uh, fully. So, oldies but goodies. I. Uh, and 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 one was a new first time watch, but I will start with the oldie but goodie that I've seen millions of times. True Romance from 1993. I um, love your random text message that are like, "God, Gary Oldman is fucking brilliant in True <laughs> Romance," and it's like, okay, I don't feel like that's a statement that needed to be made at three o'clock in the afternoon, but thanks. <laughs> Look, it just needs to be said. You know, like it's just one of those things where. So, Jake, Jake, picture this: you're living you your life. You forget sometimes how amazing he is in oh, some yeah. well, roles. Just Jake, picture this: you're living your life. You're going day to day. You come home from work. You cook yourself. You cook yourself uh, a microwave dinner, as I assume you do as a single man. You 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 sit down on your couch, which finally I'm got more of delivered. a stir fry guy. All right, whatever. Let, let, you sit down on your like, couch. I'm not that sleazy. After it got delivered, it took six months to get there, but you finally got it. You got your bowl of stir fry in front of you. You go to slurp the noodles, and you just hear cut, and then you get up. And you, you start taking off makeup, and you realize you are Gary Oldman. That's how good he is. <laughs> He's been you the whole time. <laughs> Not my joke. I saw it on a meme. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. <laughs> That's how good Gary Oldman is. You could be Gary Oldman right now, and you wouldn't even know hey. you're Gary Oldman. <laughs> hey. I like it. But yes, Gary Oldman's good. True romance is yeah, fucking Yeah, Tarantino, fantastic. Tony Scott. I mean- you know, it, you know, it's one of those interesting things where, like, you know, you look at the trivia. Isn't this the last time Tarantino wrote something without directing it? Mm, I want to say yes, but I could be wrong. Other than I maybe Natural Born Killers. Yeah, now I went and said a fucking thing. <laughs> and now I got to re- Give me one second. And now I got to research said fucking thing. A few minutes later. No, he wrote From he wrote Dark two Hold episodes. He, didn't Jay, he wrote that. two episodes of CSI crime scene I, investigation. I, I, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> um, so from dusk till dawn in 1996. I was right. Natural born, true romance, and then natural born killers. It. He uh, he he wrote the segment and directed the segment in uh, in in four rooms and then from there on he wrote the screenplay from dust till dawn and then yeah it's it, everything mm. he's written he's directed so what i said was half true and almost a whole lie but <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this this is this is one of those movies that is just has that like nostalgic cool factor of a lot of great scenes a lot of great lines moments um m- like act acting like acting stuff like there's sure. a, it's a great great ensemble jay look at your watch sorry okay and all the people that are listening to this that are movie fans (laughs) know that true romance is great i know true romance is great they know true romance is great if they haven't seen it then they should shut this show off right now you pause it where it's at go watch true romance and then come back and realize that you have been gary oldman the whole time and that's how good he is and i'm gonna go with a, a surprise pick uh get the gringo starring mel gibson from 2012 fun movie yeah, I don't know if you saw it. It's, yeah, it is exactly right. I mean, it's not like you know an Oscar movie or anything like it's going to like get awards or something like that. But it is one of those like highly, highly engaging, well made, very fun R movies that 
you know, Gibson did when he was like down in the rut. It's um, right around the time of like the beaver. You know? He's in like a Mexican <laughs> prison throughout the whole movie, pretty much. Yeah. And they do a great job of world building characters. This wasn't building. even as good as uh, Bloodfather was, though. Like, you know, I like that one. I, I, I like that one. That was uh, did a I see one. that one? Yeah, me and you watched that one. We I reviewed think I did see that one. Yeah, I, I, the, he has. That's the one where he's the biker gang leader and his daughter, yeah, his I'm biological telling you, man, daughter. He has out. some fucking hidden gems out there during his like uh yeah, man. hollywood got, bashing like you know boycotted he's also got days. some uh some 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 hidden fucking anti-semitics <laughs> well i'm not <laughs> saying he doesn't have that out there but i'm still saying <laughs> that like because hollywood pretty much put him to the wayside because of those comments obviously as um, they should he still made some movies and some of those movies were fucking awesome hey, <laughs> or at least beef- very and good. the beaver, the beaver's fun too. Uh, so uh, if you haven't checked that out, that uh, anyway. is a nice surprise as well. Jerry anyway, Foster right, saved his, you, you, tried you've, to save you've, his career. You've, you've blown the dust off these two. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> anything new that you got down the watching? Bob and Star go to Bella. I can't or believe no, you watched Vista this. This Del Mar. Holy fuck. That is so, garbage. I'm sorry. You, that you is said such it, you garbage. You said it. We're, we're, we're real weird, and then I fucking cut you off. So it's you did, Barb you did, and Star. Uh, go to Vista Del Mar. Go to Vista Del Mar. This is uh, Kristen Wiig, right? Yes. Playing the main lead and the main baddie. Oh, my God. This movie. Um, oh, I can't. Well, I can't forget. And also, it stars Annie Mumolo, Mumolo, uh playing Barb. So... They are besties. They are widows. Not what? Well, not widows. I'm sorry. They're divorcees. Divorcees living together, yeah. right? Because and, they are the most annoying people you've ever met. So no oh, wonder a man would not stay with them, w- without a doubt. And it's it's one of those their character their caricatures. Thank thank you. I was actually able to say that for the first time ever. Yeah, um, there you go. Didn't even and, need to, didn't even need to get on you about it. Yeah, it's surprising. It's literally the first time in seven years. But it's um, like all right, so look look. Uh, it's like it's like if we Wayne's all know world, these if kind Wayne of and Garth were yes. completely blanched yes. and 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 yes. bland and boring. Yes. Uh, and they grew up instead of instead of Detroit or Wisconsin or wherever the fuck I think it was Chicago is where is where Wayne's World was from. They were from Duluth, Minnesota instead. <laughs> Correct. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. This movie has some moments of comedic flair that actually works here but here's my problem with it when i watch like, the trailer it's, it's just such an out there fucking movie where it's not like you know gosh i don't know I, it's when i watched this trailer i went here's a five minute idea that got turned into an hour and a half long movie that i have no interest in watching if this was an, you. if this is an snl skit and it was kept to five minutes. You might have gotten a kick out of it enough to want to see these characters come back in a later skit, but you never I, wanted ninety minutes of it. Yeah, and that's st- the way I, I feel st- about I, most SNL movies. Yeah, I movies. still, you know, this has a weird cultish thing going on, and I think that's why I sort of wanted to throw it on. And plus, I needed a comedy. I really was in need of a comedy, so I just kind of threw it on. And um, no, I'm never. I've never seen it, so I'm not calling you out, and I'm not making fun of you. But oh, I pos- do not recommend watching this. Is this it is one of those possible, things that like, Jay, my mom would giggle at? Is it possible that the comedy has gone over your head? No. Is it possible that it's so? No. That, that, this is that, like that this is like it's made fun like, of itself so much that it's gone no. past the point where this is like it's, badass Austin okay. Powers shit. Like this is like 
like hold wow hold on hold don't act like austin powers wasn't a shit 1997 to 2000 no, it was it was the powers okay. was great but as far as like being that kind of stupid yeah baby this is the kind of stupid that doesn't work okay all right how austin powers did work if that well, it helps worked. it worked for two movies but the third one it was a little old but i got you all right, fair enough. Barb and Star, stay away from it. I've stayed away from it. I I didn't have any interest in it. I have heard some people say like it's truly funny, and I was wondering if like for those people, this is their never stop, never stopping. Oh you no know, no no! You know how I mean? No. Like like me and you love to, love pop no, 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 star. No, 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 no. You can't never stop, never stopping. That is actually a good movie. That is actually a fucking great movie. Fucking not a good movie. A great movie. Very un underappreciated. This will sure. never, ever, ever compare to that. Trust me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair Don't enough. ever fucking say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, I man. can't believe I'm that passionate about saying, you know, trying to defend that goddamn movie. But still, <laughs> mm, no. All right. So, did you get that of watching anything else? No, just old. All right, Jay. So before you and I review old, I watched a Netflix uh, original movie, Blood Red Sky. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As you can see, we have control of the plane. Our one demand is strictly monetary. If met, you're free. We want this little operation of ours to go up without a hitch. If not, well, use your imaginations. Lost the humans on camera. She was precious. So I believe this is a German-made movie. Uh, it is subtitled on Netflix, but you can change the audio to English. There is an English dub. I don't recommend that because none of the mouth movements work match up. It doesn't work for me when I watch it like that. So I I, I had to watch it, you know, regular German. Uh, there were a few times where I was like watching it while doing other things, and I had to turn the uh, English audio on. But anyway, what it, what it's following is. It's a plane hijacking, and a woman and her son, this woman has a rare blood disorder, Jay, and she is on this plane heading to the United States so that she can meet with a hematologist who believes he has a cure for her rare blood condition, and during the flight from Europe to the United States, this plane is hijacked by men uh, who are clearly Westerners, but they are trying to make it seem like two Arab passengers were the ones that committed this hijacking as, you know, a jihad. But as it turns out, this woman with a rare blood disorder has an interesting past how she got this rare blood disorder. She was bitten by a man, and then all of a sudden, she began to crave blood. Mm. And now while on this plane, it is her versus these hijackers, and she just has a taste for blood. So, uh, oh Robbie. yeah, oh yeah, she wants to suck them dry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it, she's a vampire. She's a vampire. Vampire versus hijackers. Uh, Thirty thousand feet in the air. I actually really enjoyed this movie. I do think that its premise ran a little long. I think this would have been better at a really quick pace of like. 
85 to 96 minutes. I think it going to a close to a two hour runtime kind of ran it, kind of ran its gears a little long, but I really enjoyed the premise. I like this premise of taking something as simple as like a plane hijacking, which we've seen in movies like, you know, Passenger 57 or the one that we reviewed on Amazon Prime. What was it? Uh, 1114 or whatever it was. The one with, um, the one with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt where he was the pilot and it's getting hijacked. Oh, yeah. I it was, forget it was the name good. of it. It was a lot of fun. It yeah, no, of fun. it was solid. It was solid. A lot of fun. But it takes this premise of like a plane hijacking and then it's like, how do we inject something different into it? How do we inject something uh, that, 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 that takes this mundane idea and elevates it and and adds a different layer to it. And I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought I thought that that premise is a great premise. And honestly, the execution worked out really well as well. A lot of blood, a lot of gore, a lot of realistic reactions to people seeing a real vampire running around the fucking aisles of their plane fucking eating people. <laughs> Uh, I I had a really fun fucking time watching this movie. I thought it was I thought it was well done. I think the ending is a little schmaltzy. I think it's a little too happenstance. I think I think you know what happens. They, they kind of get away with it, quote unquote, a little too easily. However, I still think it's earned. I, I I think there's a relationship that's set up in the movie that that works well. It's there from the beginning of the of the hijacking all the way to the end. So it works for me. Um, I was fine with it. I, I at least thought that the that the the horror, the action, the gore, I, I thought that all that all worked really well as well. So uh I recommend this movie. I highly do. I, I think that people should check it out. I think uh you know, it for premise alone, I mean me and Jay went and saw old just because of A premise and B name recon- recognition. This is no name recognition, but a but a but a fun premise that I think was executed really well, far better than the movie me and Jay are about to review. So I, I think you 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 spending your two hours watching Blood Red Sky. Uh, I mean, it was number one and number two. It was number one last week, number two this week on Netflix. So obviously, people have been checking it out and enjoying it. And if you if you haven't or if you slept on it, don't. I think I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, but if you're thinking vampires like you know uh, the vampire Lestat, like from Anne Rice type novels, no, think more of vampires from Thirty Days of Nights. Mm. Okay. More Nesferatu looking, uh, more animalistic, uh, very much out of control of of like their demon like almost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, pointed ears, bald head, sloping brow, fucking fangs, and and very acting very animalistically. Those type of vampires. Um, almost. It's almost like a zombie movie because once one person gets bit, they bite another person, who bites another person, who bites another person. So. We got an epidemic on our hands, thirty thousand feet above the uh, above the earth. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching it, so I encourage anybody else to check it out. That's it. That's what we were watching this week. We're, at, we're here. We're at our main review. Jay, you and I, Philadelphia boys, we always root for our hometown boy, Mister mm-hmm. M Night Shyamalan. We, we, me, and you feel like he has a hit in there. There, there's another hit coming. It will. He's come. He's still young. He's still young. He's like our age, I feel like. <laughs> look, look, years ago, he came, like, he went away for a while, right? He did his Avatar movie. It bombed, and he was like, all right, I realize I'm on tilt. I've made a couple stinkers in a row. And then he came back with The Visit, which I thought was was a, a well-made, fine PG-13-esque horror movie. I actually uh, still haven't seen that. It's fine. It's good. It's 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 not... Look, it's not anything to like really champion or cheer about too much, but it's fine. 
it's it's far better than a lot of the other stuff. And then he comes out with Split, and we're like, fuck yes, M. Night Shyamalan has fucking returned. I've gone back and watched Split, and I wonder whether our fuck A about the end of that movie, where we're like, fucking A, Cotton, F in A, uh, is is not be- is is mainly because we got that surprise at the end of mm-hmm. of David Dunn mm-hmm. sitting at the diner and we realized that oh my god this is this is in the unbreakable universe it it I, you got to give him credit it was a, I still think a struck enjo- a genius it was I, kind it of was, a struck a genius but i th- i think our enjoyment of that movie was more colored by that reveal at the end seeing it in the theaters than it was by the movie itself you're, you're not entirely wrong you're i rewatched it wrong. and i was like it's solid but it's not it's not great but it's solid and then of course you know we got glass which was fucking terrible and we've gotten several other outings now that just aren't living up to what we think that M Night Shyamalan can do uh but we went and saw his latest installment me and Jay went and saw old Jay let's get into our review for it let's play hide and seek got you mom dad <laughs> He was six years old this morning. We have wrinkles. I can't think. There's something very wrong with this speech. Every half hour is one year of our lives. What is that? A message. Why is this happening to us? We're connected to something bigger. All right, Jay, I wrote a little bit of a synopsis for it, as I always do. A family on the brink of separation decides to take one last vacation to a remote beach resort. Little do they know, they will spend the rest of their lives together, no matter how short they are. As time begins to act strangely, and and dialogue becomes increasingly more stilted than the Mexicano man I hired to respackle my house. Get it? Because people spackle houses, they they wear stilts. If you didn't know, they wear stilts. Old has a good premise, but like my grandmother post-menopause, it's got bad bones. You know? Like osteoporosis? Huh? Huh? Ha. Huh? Ha. Huh? Fucking ha. puns. Fucking puns. <laughs> I got them. This wasn't even good. He explained it at the end. Never explained it. Always ruins it. That synopsis is mostly a lie. The dialogue is shit, but I did not hire Mexican men to spackle my house. They were Polish. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, oh man. Anyway, Jay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. You know. Oh th- man, it's what a great premise, right? I love the premise of I, this movie. I, right? I think I think I held that premise to a high regard, and I understood. Well, it's and, interesting, uh, right? Because we've well, seen movies, we've seen movies where the concept of time is played with, right? Like, sure. You think of you think of Interstellar, where you go to Miller's planet. And they're on that planet, and you're like, oh, my God, one minute down here is seven years up in the, whatever it was. It's seven years up in the spaceship for the other guy. And, like, they, they return, and they've been gone for, like, 20 fucking years, right? But they only spent several minutes down there. And I just saw yeah, an interesting, I just saw an interesting you, meme that was recently where it's just, right. like, as of today, uh, only, se- only, like, only, like, seven minutes has passed on Miller's planet in Interstellar. <laughs> Which I thought was a fun one. But, uh... But anyway, you know, so so things that play with time become extremely interesting, right? Because we perceive time as linear. So when we take time and we discuss it in a way that is non-linear or at least is happening in something different than the way we are used to experiencing time, it mm. becomes an interesting concept immediately for me at least. 
Yeah, and I think with the fact that M. Night Shyamalan is behind this, writing and directing, you automatically, first off, you're intrigued and you want to support, at least we do. And, we do. Yeah, but we at the do. same time, we understand to curb our enthusiasm because we've been burned for 90% of the time. You and I talked films. about this a lot so, going into the movie. We were both like, we're really excited for it because Hometown Boy. But you're like, uh, well, yeah. But we're both like, it. but like, let's be realistic, right? 50-50 shot with that night. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you right now, it saved my fucking grade or, or expectations and enjoyment of this movie because, you know, it's ultimately a sci-fi channel movie. You know, it's 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 silly. You know, well, the dialogue there's is a about lot as of good. shitty dialogue. The dialogue's the, about the, as good as there's a sci-fi a lot channel of movie. Plot holes and and expl- uh, things that will chew you up as far as like that doesn't make any sense. But blah, 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 blah. Like, my ass, the whole, my like, ass was fucking chapped. My oh, yeah. ass was of course, chapped of course. Now, by the end of this. Yeah, because that, I don't uh, know well, how long a minute of time is in years for right. these people. That bothered the fuck out of me. Right. They they have a moment where they, they do something. And they're like, I only turned, I only did it for a second. I only turned it over for a second, and then, and then it happened. But it, it, you know, this happened because of neglect. And I was like, wait a minute. But like, they were like, one minute's like six months out of someone's life or something. Whatever like that. it whatever is. Whatever it was. But like, here's the thing: like, the adults, they didn't. The adults are not as aging as rapidly as the children are. And I understand that children's technically grow faster than adults. I'm not dumb. Well, but, especially at those ages. The right. single digits and all that, yeah, but, you're gonna change quite a, quickly. But towards the end, I was like, shouldn't everybody be like 80, 90? I don't, I don't feel like the makeup progression did justice to the um, to the effects of age. Only for one or two characters right. for me that bothered me. That's about it. Everybody else was fine, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, I think that because of the fact that it it kept, you know, the movie's not short. But it's not terribly long either. But no, it's not. It didn't it, overstay its welcome. I'll it, say that. It, it it felt snappy enough, and there was new curves, new twists right around the corner where it was like, oh, oh, oh. Eh. And, you know, I, I, I still enjoyed my time with this movie a lot more than I expected to. Can I tell you how disturbed I was to take, like, a little girl and then oh, turn yeah. her into a sex symbol almost? Maddox? Well, that really bothered me. It was tiny, like when I was watching Game bikini. of Thrones, and yeah, I, and but, but it I does start the series sense. by watch. Hold on, right? It, it was it was like I was watching Game of Thrones, and I start the series by seeing Aya Stark fucking see the right. you know Robert right. Baratheon coming in, and she's like nine years old. But by the time I'm ending the series, I'm watching a sex scene between her and fucking Gendry, and I'm yeah. seeing her side boob, and I I literally have to look away from the screen because I'm like, you're a child to me. Yeah. You're a child yeah. to me. I don't want to watch this. And then, like, they take this girl, Maddox, who starts at, like, age 11, I think, and then she gets to, like, age 16, and they, like, it's weird that, like, I understand that she's, like, wearing a bathing suit, and it gets tighter and stuff like that, and she becomes aware of her burgeoning body and covers up and stuff well, like it's, that. But it's, it's part of the realistic aspect of it, it in is. the story. It is. And it just goes they into do change my- the bathing suit. So it's not like they kept her being sexualized i'm not blaming the movie for it i'm just saying it's my hang up i'm i'm 35 i have a daughter who's seven i tell you know like what i mean like i i get it i understand when it comes to little girls and seeing them sexualized it bothers me and i understand that this movie didn't overly sexualize her in any way so i'm not blaming it in any way shape or short form it took it took a realistic but it still bothers me but it's not a knock on its grade at all that's just a personal thing that i wanted to bring to the table i want to let everyone know 
I'm not a pedo like Jay. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. <laughs> um, but you were defending it, it though. Uh, yeah, well, I was because <laughs> they did a good job with it. I thought Jay they, always they handled, they, Jay they, always they there hand, to defend the pedophiles. They they handled it extremely well. Yeah, they did. They did. And sure. um, and I think that's one of the things that I I really enjoyed in, in a lot of aspects was the development of the kids because they are essentially our leads in in a lot of ways um, yeah for sure for sure yeah uh, um and it, it you know it was really weird like i don't all right so yeah we can't get into spoilers because there's just too many weird twists and turns but we'll get there. um it was a surprisingly wacky movie that i went with and enjoyed enough to Give it a uh, marginally decent grade. I'm going to give it a solid C. This movie it's not was like a, a lot good of, movie. This movie was like a lot I of like what ifs. Still right? like, enjoyed it. There's a lot of open ended bullshit. There's a lot of wacky wonky shit that like typical uh, twists and turns in the final act of M Night. You know does, uh, but it it was already still predictable. Like you could predict you could have predicted that ending. You know at the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, it was oh, for it sure. Wasn't, it wasn't difficult. Emma has gotten away from his twists, so uh, I, I I feel very similar to you. Like I I th- I don't think the premise out outstayed its welcome. I actually enjoyed the premise. I think I think that this movie is built on a premise that is ex- there. There's still an interesting movie in here, a far more interesting movie than the one that we got. I agree. I think the fact that uh, a lot of the character development just never really came together. It was it was all just a series of like, what if, like, what if this? What if we put a person who had this in this, you know, Dragon Ball Z hyperbaric time chamber? <laughs> Some people listening know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like, like, what if we did this? What if this happened? What if that happened? You know, it, like it, it was a lot of like, what if, and 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 so much of like this 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 premise didn't service the characters like at all right i i didn't i didn't feel like the relationship between the mother and the father i I don't think that i bought like it's strengthening like it it, their their relationship strengthened i I started my synopsis by saying that their relationship was strained and and they're 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 on the brink of separation and through this this to them one day ordeal even though their bodies are aging at a much more rapid pace they kind of get over it and and they're kind of like, no, we have to come together now. And it's like, but why? I don't feel like you had a conversation that solved the problem that was there. It's just that you're facing death and you've decided to face it loving somebody instead of instead of, of hating them. But I don't I, I don't feel the love. I'm not it's not coming through in this story because your dialogue sucks. Your dialogue is stilted. It's stale. It's boring. It's delivered like you are a WWE professional wrestler fucking reading someone holding cue cards just off camera so that you can deliver the cream rises to the top instead of the cream rises to the top. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no inflection, there's no emotion, and this movie felt emotionless. Even when they were trying to show me emotion, nothing was was given to me back. I felt like I was being told that I should be feeling this emotion instead of c- getting it from the actors, and that a hundred percent comes down to the directing. 
I think M. Night Shyamalan is a fantastic producer. I think he has some some good ideas, and and having that vision brought to life. So you think he needs to stop directing? He can just stick with writing and producing. I do, I do. I think he needs to write scripts. I've I've thought that the last. I think he needs to write scripts, and then I think he needs to have someone go over those scripts, fix some of the dialogue. He needs a collaborator. Yeah, and then and then come back out with with a movie that and then with a director that is far more competent than him. I hated the moments where. We're we're getting behind shots of the children, but we're hearing their voices change, so we know that they're getting older and stuff like that. And I was just like, "This is not a moment to tease me. I know what's going on. Just show me. Just show me. Make it more interesting than than a blurry camera angle or a, a behind the back shot or you know all this stuff. I know what's going on. You're not. You're, you know, it, it, this isn't interesting. You're not increasing the value of the movie by doing this, right?" You're just you're decreasing it. You're making its quality worse. It, so so that's my problem with the movie. I think the dialogue's awful. I, I I do think that that a lot of the a lot of the fucking shots are awful. I don't think that this movie went. I I don't think this movie went and and kind of showed me scale in like an interesting way, right? Like they're on this beach and stuff like that. Uh, it, it just did nothing interesting camera wise for it. Even though we're in this beautiful paradise setting. Nothing. Uh, and then, of course, one character over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando were in a movie together. What was the name of that movie? I was just like, oh, my God, I get it. Dementia, yeah. schizophrenia, whatever. Fucking show in a different way how, how that manifests. That That's a very juvenile look into, into mental disorders. So... Uh, I was, uh, I mean, Split is obviously a very juvenile look into mental disorders as well. So <laughs> I don't know why I expected anything different. I really enjoyed the premise of this movie, but premise alone cannot carry it through. Uh, my enjoyment of this movie was was up and down like the waves of the ocean that were crashing on the shore of the beach that they were stuck on. I am probably at like a D plus, to be honest with you. I'm never going back to this again. I have no interest in it. I, I I was completely disinterested halfway through the movie when I was like, all right, this is what's going on. Sure, there was there was a I reveal agree. uh there was a reveal towards the end, but the twist wasn't earned. It's not like I knew no. that that item was there to help them through this thing. Uh it only happened in a, a very Deus Ex Machina way. Don't get me wrong. That way was set up earlier on in the movie. So it, I went with it. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, why would he send that message? Why would that happen? Why would this Why would this happen? Why would these uh, events occur in the way they did? Other than pure happenstance bothered me. Lots. Yeah. Jay, uh, spoilers. Let's do it. Uh, we're gonna head out now. Uh, yeah. Should, so, like, we? if you uh, if you haven't checked out the movie yet, if you haven't checked out old, you still might want to check it out. Despite the fact that I gave it a D plus, Jay gave it a C, a C. Uh, yeah, those are pretty low grades. You might not want to check it out, but if you care about spoilers, you might want to jump off now. So, you know, follow us on our socials. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at SMB Dave. That's where I'm most active anymore. But I'm also on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. I try to check that at least like once or twice a week. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well, J underscore SMB, Instagram, Super Movie Bros, and Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast. Yeah, go over there, comment on any of the shit we said during the show. All right, Jay, let's play that spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. 
All right, so we, I mean, we, we we the thing I was alluding to earlier when I was just like they, you know, a baby is born, right? Like like the two youngest kids, they they, they age so rapidly, they're just kind of that hanging was out. Fucked in a tent. up, right? It was it was fucked up, right? Especially when I have a baby living here. Oh in my, my house. god, that was um, fucked up. They have sex, and like within fifteen minutes, she's giving birth to a baby, uh, and then the but it's delayed- just so weird because even before that, like you like you were there in the tent. Yeah. listening to their conversation it was still childlike and you were just like well they talking. are child i i don't know if the brain i don't know, it, I, I don't so know if weird. the brain is developing right along with them because for them it's still one day but for the body it's still it's still a whole it's still 25 years maybe, maybe the brain the instinct the years. body changes but you're developing exposure well, years they did, stays the I will same. say this in the dialogue as I I still felt like it was real shitty dialogue they did try to explain where like the you know as Maddox gets older she's like my thoughts are different now there's more color to them right there's more there's more uh, like there, there, I I it's more you know, understanding like, of flesh out right exactly like like in her mind the way she was explaining it was like she used to paint with she 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 used to see the world with the eight color Crayola crayons that she got right that's just the eight pack just a cheap pack uh but now she's seeing in the, in the full 24 case <laughs> you know what I mean she's she she's thinking with a full deck now um and, and that's the, kind of the way like she she explains it and that's that I mean that, that's fine but like i i don't understand how one character is is kind of like growing and 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 evolving while another characters are not evolving as quickly that's why i said like with time like i don't understand how time is working here right because like they're getting cut and it's healing like right away and stuff like that so time is clearly like sped up but like, why isn't infection setting in and stuff like that? Like, like, and and it's even a moment, right? Like, she cuts the dude with like rust and uh, with a rusty knife, and she's like, "Rust is like poison. It's called tetanus. We know what it is. Why are we pretending like we don't know what tetanus is? And we all get tetanus shots for Christ's sake, so we know what the fuck it is. Why are we treating it like it's some like it's some it's some bastion of knowledge that no one ever fucking knew? <laughs> yeah, but. I think most people don't think about that or don't realize yeah, on the I forefront of the I, brain. But no, but like it, you're right. It was weird to hear that conversation between the two kids, like in the tent, and and then like all of a sudden, like I guess they boned in the thirty seconds that like we were. I, well, exactly. That's <laughs> we what it pan felt out like. to the parents, literally... and then she comes out and she's nine months pregnant, and then yeah. boom, baby's born. And like the the lady says, like I got to clean the baby off, and she turns the baby over just to clean the baby off and and kind of pat on its back so that it'll it'll breathe, and then she turns it back over, and the baby's dead because yeah, it wasn't it, fast it was, enough. They weren't fast enough. It was the baby was neglected, uh, and the baby died. And it's like I, I guess that's I guess that's somewhat realistic, right? Like I, yeah, I, and, and that's wouldn't... that's the kind of shit that I, that I'm trying to refer to is like there are a lot of elements of reality of circumstance, and yeah, you know, but, but the, at, the at heightened the, same, the heightened the aspects time. of this shit. At the it's same so time, Jay, out there, when I when I the say time is so out there, it's so fucked up. It's when just, I say time doesn't work uh, the same way in all situations throughout this movie, let's say I cut you open, Jay. I cut you open, and I leave your gaping wound open for several months. I don't close it up. Like tumor removal in this movie. <laughs> The one character has a tumor. Uh, the the wife she has a tumor, which is why she well isn't that convenient, 
Right. She. Well, I mean, they all have medical issues. That's right. the whole crux of the movie. Well, they all have a medical exactly, issue. Exactly. But a cut and 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 just rip it out of there. That's, that's all it takes. That bothered the shit out of me because, like. If I cut you and I kept your gaping wound open for for months at a time, so like, does time for bacteria not work sped up here? Because bacteria would have gotten in there and fucking festered an infection real fucking quick in real time, uh, in in, in sped up time. So like, but like, in the way they're like, oh, she has a tumor. Oh my god, it's the size of a, of a grape. Oh, or, or oh my god, it's the size of an orange. Now it's the size of a grapefruit. Now it's the size of a softball, right? And they they so, so they're like cut her open and then like everybody hold it open and the wounds like trying to heal and like the doctor literally like reaches in and just pulls out a perfectly spherical ball yeah like a a volleyball (laughs) and just like we got it and then they let go and it all just closes up and everything's fine that's not how it works that's not how any of this works yep and that's pretty much what you could expect i'm sitting there watching that and i go so how does that work right because if i sliced jay open on a fucking beach and and then i was like don't worry buddy it's gonna heal real quick, but I didn't stitch you up at all. I didn't do any. I didn't do any of the legwork to fucking make that healing happen. You're just gonna die. You're just gonna fucking die. And it, it, but not only that, just the fact that they lifted that fucking tumor like a volleyball out of the body and had like no cutting. They didn't have to like it, like it wasn't. It didn't see. It seemed less of a procedure and more of a minor inconvenience. <laughs> it was. Um... Yeah, and that's the thing. That was so many up, of their man. medical problems that they had, like they were lured here by this pharmaceutical company. So many of their medical problems were minor inconveniences until they needed that person to die, and then all of a sudden, it's now it's fucking dire straits. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it was um, plot convenient for sure. <sighs> ton of that, a ton of that, and at the same time, I was aware and I knew it. I didn't really care. I just went with the ride, and I um, kind of enjoyed the ride. See, that, I mean, but that's me when I like, and I've talked about this plenty of times when I'm talking about like a sci-fi concept and stuff like that, I don't need it to be realistic, but I need it, its concepts to be treated with realism. I need it to be treated as if like there are rules to the world. There are rules that are being set forth so that I can follow those rules. Even if those rules are completely false, right? Like even if those rules are wrong and they're false and then but the whole story works towards those rules, then I'm fine with it. But the fact that some things like a baby being turned over after it's born and it dies and in a matter of 10 seconds, but a woman whose, whose fucking stomach is being left open for 30 seconds to a minute, um, which is years in their time, uh, doesn't have any consequences for her. That's when I'm like, you're, you're not, you don't have any rules to your fucking story here. You're, and if you did, you're breaking them, which breaks your story. And I guarantee you, me. I guarantee you that was discussed. But they just thought that that kind of you think of M. Night Shyamalan sat around with who and discussed this? A hundred percent. If he's the writer, producer, and director of this, then he talked to all three of himself and just went, "Eh, fuck it." <laughs> well, yeah, because I think he realized that people like me wouldn't have thought about that. But people like you, which is more of but a minority. But back in the day, he didn't what? treat his movies that way. Like if you go back and yeah, you watch, guess what, and you dude, watch there's the only Sixth so Sense, many, there's only so many ideas somebody can fucking come up with. But that Jay, he came up with another original idea. These aren't unoriginal ideas he's coming up with. It just seems like he's getting lazy about the execution of them. Maybe, maybe. I, I really, I, I 
We should have him on the podcast. We'll ask him. I would love, I Jay, I would love to interview him. I would love to be fucking real with him. I don't want to be like Preston and Steve, where we're like, we love you, M. Night, and I just want to come to your fucking really cool Halloween party. Uh, I want to be like, M. Night Shyamalan, I really fucking respect you. You made some of my favorite movies that I've ever made. Unbreakable. I fucking watch it twice yearly. I love that movie. I'm a big I'm a big superhero fan, big comic book fan. Uh, love the fact that you are, too. Uh, I, there's some movies that you made I really like. What the fuck were you thinking in old? <laughs> Like, why does this concept work? And if he explains it to me in a way where I was like, oh, that makes sense. Why didn't you show me that in the movie then? I want to hold his toes to the fire. <laughs> I, and he goes, I, I, I'm and he curious. Goes, wow, I really thought coming on this podcast would be a puff piece. But what a twist. <laughs> <laughs> but what a twist. <laughs> no, what a twist. I, I, I kind of also think that like maybe he is just becoming somewhat you, of a shooter. I mean, you can't say he's it's a, a cash. I don't think he's a shooter, he Jay, because I think he takes two to three years to, to to come up with a concept and to write a story and then to make that movie. He is passionate about these movies that he's making. I've heard him do interviews about it. He, In his heart of hearts, he thinks he is making something. So that, he's just a fucking lucky schmuck. That's all he is. That's what he it comes made, down he's to. Made, gotta, he's made a couple great things, and 85% of them are, are dog shit. Jay, 50-50, he's closing his eyes, he's throwing it at the dartboard, and he's just hoping that it, that it fucking lands somewhere near the ball. That's what I got to think about. It's a, it's, a, it's a mic drop right there. Boom. Done. That's what I got to think about. That's really do. what he is. And, and I that's how I think of him. It's, I love really the concepts. Is. I think The Village would have been a great concept. I think it was poor execution. Lady in the some Water might have been still, a decent. Some people still love that movie. Yeah, but I, Lady in the Water could have been a decent concept. I don't think so. I but think even that, still, that like the bad. right? The air is attacking us. There's something to be said about conservation in that alone. That that could have been a more interesting concept. I, I'm saying, like from 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 concept and and outline to yeah. script is where the problem is happening, and yeah. then and execution, and execution and everything right. else. Like it's one of those heightened things that yeah, I'm sure he's a great pitcher. He could pitch a fucking movie to the actors to the studios. Jay, we get, get to the point where there's only two people them. left, right? There's there's Trent and there's Maddox, the two kids that are that are from the family that we're sure. we're, we're most involved with in this movie, and they're they're kind of preparing for their death. Essentially, they're they're in their fifties well, at this point. They realize they have the decision to make. Right? Do you right. Gotta, they're in their fifties. Do, do you just want to give up, or do you want to go for it? It's literally the next day, and they decide, like, several people have tried swimming off this island. Obviously, time works differently, so your body gets waterlogged, and you wind up tiring much faster, and you die while you're swimming. Uh, and then, like, this, like the sister just makes mention that, like, oh, didn't you get, like, a, a, a cipher code from the kid that we were playing with at the fucking hotel? And he's like, oh, yeah, let me go decipher that. And the, 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 the message just says, my uncle doesn't like the coral. What made the uh. child say that? What where made these, them think that that was their escape? Right, is more where, of the question. Where did the where did this Deus Ex Machina you know message come from? I understand that the little child, I, pro- I because the, he's seen this happen. Right, right, right. The kid at the hotel has more understanding of going on than what's going on. Yes. But at the same time, this message that that we know that the kid received earlier on in the movie, it would have made more sense if he deciphered that code long ago in the movie. And then they swim out there and they see the coral. And then he has the revelation that, like, maybe this is what he was talking about. We're at our last chance. We're at our last hope. Let's do it. Let's just fucking go for it. And then they make it. And then it's fine. And the weird thing is, too, it's like, it's just this weird channel underwater where the coral is. And then all of a sudden you come out the other side and it's like. Yeah, I get it. Underwater cave. I'm fine with that. Whatever. I, mean, I it's, guess. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
whatever. It's fine. I wasn't questioning that. I was just questioning the logic of just being like, oh my God, we got to go for the coral. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's at that point, you're just like, you're just waiting for it. You know, at that and, point, and SpongeBob could have shown up and gone, Gary. And I would have been like, that that seems just as organic as them deciding to <laughs> fucking jump into the fucking water and fucking yeah. just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> So like that, that that's my problem with like the execution of this movie. Uh look, man, I'm done talking about it. I, I didn't give it a high grade. I'm never going back to it. I'm I'm telling people to just stay away. Don't fucking give your money to this. Like No, no, I, no. Don't give your money to it, but if you wanted like a late night easy watch. Oh, when this is streaming, which hundred percent will be on, on, on Hulu or Amazon Prime or something in the future. Rather quickly. Yeah, go nuts. Give it a shot. But not here. Not no, now. No. Don't go I'm, pay money for this. Nope. I'm done. I think old just would have made a better like Twilight Zone episode or, you know, Outer Limits, you know, stuff like that. Black Mirror, all all, all that type of stuff. I, I think I think I think it was better for a concept to, like that, maybe in more of a short form. All right, so that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers this week. We already gave our social medias, but if you want to drop us a line, you know, reach out to us on one of those. Uh, we are part of a network. Yeah. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. So uh, you can check out all of our episodes over at ageofradio.org. Just go and to Super others. Movie Brothers. Yeah, oh, well, lots of other places. Just head over to the uh, Super Movie Brothers page on there. You'll see all of our episodes that are available for you to stream right there. And then, of course, we're still looking for reviews. So uh, we need people to leave us uh, some reviews on the old iTunes so we can read them out on the show. And, of course, if you would like a little bit more insight into our Patreon conversations, a little more insight into our lives, some of those free-form conversations that me and Jay have that are completely off the cuff that always wind up being the uh, the, the cold open to the show, then head over to patreon.com slash movie bros podcast there for just one dollar a month you can get all of the additional content that's over there that's uh over 39 episodes i say over because i think there's a few like just just sound bites and stuff that i put off but it's over 39 episodes of additional content for you to check out i want to thank all of you for listening have a great one cheers cheers (laughs) 